What's going on, everybody? Thank you for tuning into my podcast, Morning Drive Motivation. My name is Matthew Ecker, and this is episode one, season one. The reason behind this episode is just kind of give you a background as far as myself and, you know, as well as the different areas that I want to touch on in this in this podcast, as well as what I want to accomplish with this podcast. Uh, the main reason behind, you know, making this podcast is... Um, I've had, you know, I've had depression for about six or seven years now. Um, I was diagnosed with ADHD. Um, I was diagnosed with bipolar. I was diagnosed with anxiety disorder. Um, and I just kind of want to, you know, put you guys into into my shoes, um, as well as just put your put yourselves into into your shoes of somebody else that you know that might have depression, um, and what what the right maybe the right thing and the wrong thing to do as far as going about it and you know things in that nature um i feel like depression is very very not touched on um that's not even a, <laughs> that's not even a good word but anyways it's not even really that touched on nowadays just because you know all the things that are being highlighted um in the united states as well as the world in general which is you know definitely understandable um but i just you know i just want to kind of inform people about it what it's like to have it, what it's like to, you know, get be- a little bit better from it. Um, one thing about depression and any mental illness is, you know, it's not going to get solved in a day. It's not even going to get solved in a week. It's not even going to get solved in a year. It's not even going to get solved in 10 years, um, in my opinion. I feel like depression and any mental illness is something that goes along with you for life, something that you're constantly striving to get, you know, better at, better with and, and comprehend and live with. Um, and you know there's there's different ways to handle it for for every person each person has their own way of dealing with it and um you know any anything in that type of nature but this is my life experience this is what i've you know went through this is how i dealt with it and i feel like i'm in a you know better state of mind today definitely than i was you know about five or six years ago i would say that's when it started happening for me um, but yeah, like I, like I said, I'm going to kind of jump back into myself. Uh, I'm 20 years old. I live in Naples. Um, I was born in Massachusetts. Uh, I've moved to Arizona, I moved to Pennsylvania. And then from middle school up until, uh, the end of high school, going into a little bit of college, I've lived in Fort Myers, Florida, and then, uh, went to treatment up near Miami in the Miami area for about a year and just moved out on my own about seven months ago started paying for my own bills and doing things along those lines which i would have never thought five or six years ago i would have been doing at 20 years old uh, paying for my own car paying for my own for my own uh, cell phone service paying for for my own insurance paying for my own rent um that's something that i had to work towards as far as that goes along with my anxiety is just you know telling myself I'm worth it you know every day uh there was a point in my life where I would say about started about 13 or 14 where I didn't really find value in life um I didn't really find a lot of things that attracted me I wasn't you know I wasn't brought up any any type of you know horrible or bad way um I had a great childhood up you know I had a great childhood I I still have a great you know great life I haven't really experienced a lot of the hardships as far as, um, 
you know, not having any money growing up, not not having, you know, enough food or clothes. My mom has definitely been the best supporter in my life as far as, you know, just telling me I can do anything I want to do. And um, there was a moment in my life where I didn't really believe her. I didn't really trust her. But, you know, I've I've mended that relationship and we have a great relationship today. She's definitely my, my number one fan. She's definitely my number one person to go to. Um, just talk about anything in life in general. But um, going back into it, uh, probably about 13 or 14, I started, you know, noticing that I was developing depression. Or I didn't really notice at the time. Uh, I noticed that I was more down on myself as far as I didn't really, you know, know what I wanted to do in life. I didn't really know, you know, where I wanted to go. I didn't know, you know, what I wanted to do. Um, and it just got to a point where I didn't really want to be on this earth anymore. I've tried committing suicide about three times, um, and I've gotten hospitalized for it those three times. And I've learned my lesson as far as not letting it get to that point to where I didn't pick up the phone and call somebody. Um, you know, just talking with somebody, in my opinion, is definitely a great way to to get over it and I know there's so many cliches like like oh you got to talk to your family about it oh you know it'll get better with time but you know all, blah, blah blah all that kind of shit um but you know coming from me a person that that still battles depression daily that's definitely something that I started to believe around mm, I would say about around 18 19 that's when I really started believing that it, it does get better um I've went from in a year time to, to almost being homeless to now having all these nice things around me and it took a lot of hard work as far as you know you know work wise um, but it took a lot of it took a lot of work on my mental side too you know there was there's definitely moments in the past and definitely still moments still where, where I doubt myself at some moments but I always get through it for some for 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 a reason and that's just because I have the right tools and you know around me and, and I'm utilizing the right tools to to get to where I want to be there's so many goals that I want to accomplish in life um that I didn't have you know four or five years ago uh but you know going back into it so middle school I I started kind of noticing that that I was I was getting depressed I was kind of getting down on myself at any little kind of setback um and that's when I really started getting big into athletics as far as uh basketball um I got into running at one point, um, but that's where I really started developing the passion for basketball, and I feel like that's where my first biggest mistake was, um, as far as not not really having the so-called normal teenager life and, and things of that nature. Um, I, I indulged myself into basketball so much that, you know, as far as from middle school up until my junior year of high school... I was just addicted to it. There was just something about it. It made me feel. It made me feel like I had a purpose in life. Um, just because I had my my first, you know, big goal in life was, you know, to play college basketball, to do these types of things, to to exceed. Um, and it just it didn't work out that way. I feel like my my very first. Uh, I wouldn't say bad decision. I would say wrong decision was indulging myself in basketball to the point where. It was 24-7 with me. I mean, I would wake up at 7 or 8 and play basketball for, you know, until 9 o'clock at night, which is, you know, it's not a bad thing to have goals, 
but at the same time, I didn't have a backup plan. I was just going into it as, no, I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a college, you know, scholarship to, to play basketball wherever I go and, you know, eventually play basketball overseas. And, you know, I just, I really love basketball. That was just my number one thing. I just really love basketball all throughout, you know, I would say my last year of middle school up, you know, like I said, up until my junior year of high school, that's just what I did every day. That was just a normal thing to me. I mean, I would work out at least three to four times a day, either, you know, in the gym or playing basketball, you know, playing, you know, shooting shots or doing anything in that type of nature. Um, and <laughs> I'm not, I wasn't really the best at basketball. I'm not going to, not going to sugarcoat it. Um, I was okay to the point where most people that start off when, cause I started when I was 13. Um, you know, most people that, that hit the levels that I did as far as like success, um, they would say it was definitely a positive and they would say it's successful in the terms that, you know, most people don't learn that quick. I mean, I picked up a basketball when I was 13 and I was already, you know, playing pretty decent, but, um, going back on track is, I would say my fret, you know, middle school, that, that's when I really started noticing that I, I think I, I had a problem. I kind of ignored it for, I would say about two years. Um, up until my, my, probably my sophomore year of high school, uh, my freshman year, that was probably the best as far as my high school experience. Um, I still had depression at that point. It wasn't as advanced as it was, say, in my senior year. But um, I still had it. I still felt down on myself. Um, I would notice after, you know, a basketball game or anything like that, if I had a bad game, I, w I would notice. And my mom would definitely notice and, 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 you know, tell me, like, hey, you're too down on yourself. Like, you know, as far as if I had a bad game, I would, I would kind of go into into a state of mind where I just, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Um, I was a pain to be around, you know, I was being a dick to anybody that I would talk to, um, just because, cause I was having a bad day. I feel like the world around me was just, you know, collapsing. I just, you know, anytime I would have a bad game, I would just think, you know, well, I'm not going to accomplish any of my goals. I'm not worthy. You know, I, I can't do anything right. Um, and it, it just, it stuck with me up until I, you know, stopped playing basketball full time. Um, I would say my sophomore year was probably my, my worst year as far as there was a lot of letdowns, you know, that year along the lines of basketball and, you know, things of that nature. Um, I, I didn't make the varsity team. I made the, the junior or the, I don't even know what you call it, the JV team, um, you know, I still devoted myself to basketball as far as, you know, I really want to, you know, I really wanted to get to at least the level that I wanted to and play college, um, which I definitely felt like I could have obtained. It's just I didn't have the right skill sets. I wasn't born to play basketball, I don't think. Um, I still love it to this day, but any, anything, anything, you know, along the lines of me actually physically playing, I just, I felt like I, I should have taken a different, you know, route in high school, something that definitely... You know, I feel like it was a good idea to do it as well as, you know, the teamwork aspect. And, you know, um, I feel like I was definitely a hard worker at what I did. I just never really excelled to the point where I thought I could um, with it. But my sophomore year, you know, I wasn't really, I, I had a feeling that I wasn't really liking it anymore. And I just started getting more, 
more sad, I would say. Um, you know, some nights I would just cry just because I just really wanted to cry. I just really just felt down on myself as a person, and I just felt like I wasn't a successful individual because um, even as far as, like, my high school experience along the lines of educational purposes, I wasn't the smartest guy in the school. Like, believe me, I was definitely in the lower classes and, you know, things of that nature. I wasn't in high classes. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't excited about college. I wasn't looking for colleges applying to colleges you know I was that's another you know thing in my life that I that I definitely wish I could have done different is take you know school more seriously than I did basketball I felt like I took basketball so serious and I made it consume my life that when it came to any other aspect in my life like family um, education uh, just things things that I wanted to do in the future beyond basketball but besides basketball um, I didn't take a, a good look at, and it definitely affected me later down the line, um, as far as confidence and um, and things of that that nature. But um, I really started noticing that that I that I thought I had bipolar disease when I played basketball, because if I had a good day playing or I had a good day, as far as like if a coach told me you know something that I did great then you know it was the best day of my life you know everything's grand the the grass is green the sky is blue um but as far as if I had a bad day or I didn't have the greatest day I just made it a hundred times worse in my head because I just didn't know how to handle you know I didn't know how to handle failure um basketball in my in my opinion was was a failure to me which is not a bad thing uh I looked at it I looked at it for so long as Oh, you're a, fail- you're a failure in that aspect. You know, you'll never live up to to what you expected. And, you know, you disappointed a lot of people. When in reality, I don't really think anybody gave a fuck if I played basketball up until I was 70 years old. They, you know, people in my life just want to see me succeed. People in my life just want to see me be happy. Um, I'm, a t- I'm the type of guy that loves to make people laugh. Uh, <laughs> I say a lot of jokes, you know, I say a lot of stupid shit. Um, but at the same time... You know, I'm a very humble guy. Um, I think so. I've had a lot of people tell me that. Um, but, you know, I just, I, I like to take day, you know, life one day at a time as far as, you know, just being happy to be alive. I mean, even there's so much negativity in the world, even nowadays, more so than ever. Um, people just want to be negative just to be negative. They just want something to talk about, um, which is not a bad thing. They're, they're maybe going through something that, that you have no idea about. But um, I try to keep it as positive as, as much as I can. There are some days and there's some instances, yes, where I'm negative, where where I have to stop myself and I've, I have to, you know, tell people to stop me from, from what I'm saying or what I'm doing or anything in that because uh, I will still fall back into those old habits where, you know, my bipolar will kick in and, you know, I'll be happy one day, I'll be sad one day, I'll be mad one day. Um, it's just learning how to control that, differently than when I did let's say three years ago where I would let it affect me for months only letting it affect me now maybe maybe 20 minutes to an hour um it took a lot of work to get there though but uh you know as far as going back into into my background um my sophomore year my end of my sophomore year I I kind of told myself that 
you know, I'm probably not going to play basketball beyond high school. And that's definitely another, you know, another aspect of my life where I definitely took the wrong route. Um, because, you know, I started not playing basketball as much for a little while. Um, I should have found another hobby at that point. I, 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 I don't feel like basketball was my right, you know, route to take. But I just kept forcing it at, at one point. Just because I, I, I haven't experienced any type of pleasure as far as success in my life beyond that point. I thought basketball was like the only thing that I'll ever do in life that I that I could accomplish anything with. Um, and I and I didn't excel in my academics and I didn't excel in in, you know, my my social life as as much as most people did in high school around me. Um, you know, I really just kind of stuck to just basketball which was definitely a big downfall to me um, because I felt like in my sophomore year, I definitely should have taken a different route as far as finding a new hobby, um, evaluating my goals that I wanted in life and maybe striding towards something different. But I kind of told myself in the summer, I think of, yeah, sophomore year, I just said, hey, you know, there's still a chance maybe I could play college basketball. Let me just push towards, uh, you know, playing and I wasn't really the best, you know, I, I, I was okay, I was decent, like I could get by, um, I made the, in my junior year, I made the varsity team, and then, you know, they told, and then they told me I wasn't good enough, so then they brought me back down to JV, that definitely took a, you know, a, a different, you know, mindset that I took, I really got, I got more, more, I would say, that's when my, my, my bipolar definitely advanced a little bit more, just in the, along the lines of, I didn't know at that point how to deal with depression. Um, another thing about me is my parents got divorced at a, when I was about, I think, like 9 or 10. Um, and that definitely took effect on me because I, I didn't know the right way or wrong way to do anything. I didn't really grow up with a father figure in my life. I mean, my mom, she's a saint. I mean, she's done everything for me, more than I could ever ask for. Um, but... You know, I never had that father figure in my life that really told me, like, hey, this is what you should do. Hey, this is what you should not do. Hey, I'm going to support you on this. I never had a person that that would really, like, do that as far as a father figure. I mean, throughout the years, I'd have a, a person or two that would maybe, you know, touch me in a, in a certain way as far as, like, uh, like, tell me motivation or tell me the right thing to do. Tell me the right thing that would touch me in my heart a certain way. But I never really had a person to just look to to say, hey, what do I do in this in this situation? I, I you know, I, I my mom did her best, you know, um, she works a full time job. She works. She works her ass off. And and I don't blame her for for not knowing the answers to everything, because some things you just don't know the answers to. Um, but, you know, my junior year was definitely probably the biggest switch around in my life as far as. Um, I went from playing basketball and working out every day to to not wanting to play basketball towards the end of the year. Um, I got to a point where I just hated it and I didn't want to play it anymore because, you know, different aspects, you know, my coach, you know, my coach, the coaches that I had, they weren't really like, they didn't really believe in me the best. Um, they didn't really, you know, see, see myself having a successful future. But, uh, you know, moving into the end of my junior year I I it came to a point where I really didn't know what I wanted to do 
So I kind of just latched on to something. Um, you know, my brother's big into into triathlons. He loves running. He loves biking. He loves swimming. Um, and I saw him doing that. And it, to me, it, it kind of felt, you know, like basketball, like succeeding. Um, but it just was, like, different. Like, uh, I just felt like I was accomplishing something for me for once instead of people around me, um, if that makes any, you know, any type of sense. But I latched on to running and, you know, just just running and biking and swimming when in reality, yes, I liked running, um, biking and swimming. I really didn't love, but I kind of just did it because I needed something to do because, you know, at that time I was working out at least three to four times a day. And I went from that to not knowing what the hell I'm going to do. So I was like, I just kind of, you know, found the first thing and just latched on to it. Um which was not definitely not a good thing because yes I was I, I wouldn't say I was I was really good at running I mean and I was really good at biking I was I think I was decent at swimming I think I definitely could have been you know exceptional at that you know maybe a little bit above average but I I just I didn't really think it was the right timing I didn't really enjoy it um after about a month I kind of just gave up on it and just said I don't really want to do this anymore um, and I definitely think I burnt myself out in that aspect of, of physical health, but that's something I'll get into uh, later down the line. But I would say after my junior year, that's when I really started getting into relationships in high school. Um, you know, I, I met a girl and <laughs> just like any other high school person, you know, I, I fell in love with her and, and, and shit like that. Um, but that that's the part of me at that part of my life probably for those next six or seven months I was just looking for something to latch on to so you know relationships was something I latched on to um I went from you know dating different girls you know every day you know talking to different girls every day and then you know I had a relationship for six months or seven months that that wouldn't really work out um and and if it when it didn't work out I just you know, I felt like the world around me came came crashing down. And at the end of my junior year, um, I really started noticing my depression excel as far as, you know, I wasn't really happy with myself. Um, I wasn't in the best relationships as far as they didn't treat me with the respect that I treated them with. Um, they didn't motivate me. They were bringing me down. Um, that's not all their fault. You know, it, it's, a, it's a lot of my fault because I got to a point where... I wanted to please people more than I wanted to please myself. I wanted to make somebody happy more than I wanted to make myself happy, uh, which is never a good thing as far as mental and, you know, bipolar, you know, if especially along the, at that time, I wasn't, you know, I was just starting to develop my depression and my bipolar and uh, my anxiety didn't really come into play at that point. I was, I was a pretty confident kid when I was in high school, I would say. I wasn't really, you know, you know, I didn't really have a lot of anxiety. I mean, the normal stuff, you know, anxiety, like getting up in front of a class for a presentation or doing any of that stuff. Uh, but I wouldn't say it was really that bad at that point. Um, but I started noticing that I was just really down on myself. I mean, there was some days where I would just, just cry myself to sleep for, for just, you know, stupid reasons, you know, just maybe my girlfriend said something, you know, kind of that I thought was mean to me that day. Or just some stupid shit uh, that I would let get to me. It's not even really stupid. It was my feelings at that time. Um, 
which brings me into probably what are we in seen at the beginning of my senior year um a week into into that I was dating a girl for let's say about five maybe six months and um she was like my first like real girlfriend so I kind of like I fell in love with her um quote unquote I fell in love with her and you know after five or six months we just you know it didn't work out she broke up with me and I let that affect me to the point where you know I tried crashing my car into a tree um that wasn't the first time I tried killing myself the first time I tried you know killing myself um was two months prior I had thoughts in my head that I wanted to to stab myself that I just wanted to end it um so I got hospitalized for that for about four to five days in a in a facility that really didn't do anything for me it was kind of just like an in and out type of situation um it was government run so it wasn't really like a huge a huge deal to people in there I mean I was still technically not an adult so I was 17 at the time um so I was in the kids facility so I really didn't get a lot out of that I mean I kind of just went from you know doing whatever I wanted to do before to doing whatever I wanted to do as soon as I got out um which it wasn't really that's why I don't really go too much into that one just because it didn't really affect me a lot um but yeah, they, you know, I, I tried crashing my car into a tree and and trying to kill myself um, at one point, which was definitely probably one of the lowest points in, in my life. Just just walking up, uh, not walking up, I'm sorry, just just being in the ambulance and, and seeing seeing, you know, the most vivid picture in my mind is is seeing my brother, you know, hover over me and just tell, you know, him telling me that he loves me um it got me emotion it, it it still gets me emotional to this day cuz to see the pain in his eyes and one thing about my my I have three brothers so my middle bro- I have two brothers I'm sorry my my middle brother um cuz I'm the youngest so my middle brother he he's a cop he's a police officer now uh for his profession now so he's all I could we like he's the type of person that you've known since since he was born he you know you had a feeling he was going to be either a police officer or, um, uh, you know, something along those lines or like a fire to, a fireman or anything like that. You just knew he was going to do something to, to, to save somebody and do that, you know, along those lines. But just because he's never shown emotion to me like that. I've never seen him cry up until that day. It was, it was very, it hit me very hard seeing him cry and seeing my mom cry and, and having them call me and me not picking up and then have a call from from a random stranger that pulled pulled over um to see if I was okay after I crashed into my car and to see to see him pull out his phone and give it to me and me call my mom and it's just you know it's something that I would I would never wish upon my worst enemy um to be in that state of mind to where to where you crash your your car into a tree it's something that you have to reevaluate um, in your life, what you're doing, what you're thinking, who you're hanging around. So that's when I got hospitalized for my, for my, you know, my suicidal attempt the second time. And that one was a little bit more serious because, um, I went into a facility for almost a month, I would say to where, you know, it was, it was lockdown. I would say, you know, it, that facility didn't really help me out. I don't think any of the government, own facilities where like you're in there and then you get evaluated by um a psychiatrist 
for, for you know most of those people that that are like the doctors in there have never had depression have never gotten submitted for trying to kill themselves but they're doing evaluations on you and doing all that kind of things like they know what they're what they're doing and you know to an extent yes they do know what they're doing they do have a degree and they do have you know certification and everything like that but most of those people have not been in the shoes of the people they're talking to so they can't really get their pain which i that's why i don't blame you know those facilities 100 percent for not curing my depression which you know that's that's something that you can never cure um but you know i definitely think that's something that i don't agree with is just the the state-owned facilities as far as when you get hospitalized 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 for for suicidal thoughts for depression um for anything along those lines like manic activities uh you get sent there for for two to three days and it really doesn't do shit if i'm gonna be honest with you and then you just get right released back and you go back into your normal life and everything's normal um that's why you know i noticed when i was in the two facilities the first one not as much because i was in the kids um you know side of the of the facility um but my second time around i was 18 so i went into into the adult side um and i noticed you know because i talked around with the people there and you know i got to know them a lot of those people will go in for three days they'll be they'll be living on their on their own or whatever for about a month and they'll just go right back in. It's just a constant cycle, you know, of of seeing that, which is not definitely not the best thing to see, you know, especially at a young age. Um, I just, it didn't really help my depression at all, if I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, after I got out of that facility, I, I really didn't talk to a lot of people at school. I kind of kept to myself from my whole senior year. Um, you know, I had a little group of friends, but I kind of cut it down to 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 a, a small percentage, just because I felt like I wasn't hanging out with the right people. Um, my mom didn't really agree with the people I hung out with, uh, which is understandable because up to that point, I've tried killing myself twice now. So, you know, definitely understandable. Along, you know, putting myself in her shoes, the pain that she's seen from not even me the pain that I've given her is just you know it's it's astronomical to that point so you know she did everything she could and and I felt like she definitely did a lot of things right my mom um dealing with my depression and helping me through uh to this day I mean I I call her up with anything that I need that I need help with but um I would say moving moving in to the end of my senior year that's when you know that I would because I went into that second facility in my senior year or at the beginning of my senior year so probably towards the middle kind of towards the end of my senior year right before I was about to graduate I started getting into relationships again um and that's another one of my mistakes is I kind of jumped I didn't really work on myself even after I just crashed my car into a tree I was in the mindset of well, I need to find a new girlfriend. Well, I need to find new friends. So I started hanging around a different group of people. Um, I, I, I met this girl and we started, you know, dating and, and doing our thing. And, um, you know, I definitely, I definitely took the wrong route as far as I should have worked on myself, on myself at that moment. And I should have reached out for help 
because, you know, I was lying to people the first time of, of, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, I can leave, I can leave, just to get out of there, just because it was so not normal to me, you know, to have the depression, to have, you know, bipolar, um, to have these types of mental illnesses, it's just, it's, it's different, you, you think you're on normal, you think at a, at a point that, you know, that you're, you're not going to fit in wherever you go, because you're always going to be looked at differently, um, which is not the case, it's just, you know, it's, it's something I, I openly talk about is, you know, suicide, you know, it's my suicidal, you know, attempts is just because it's, it's a part of my life that, that really highlighted my value for life nowadays, um, but yeah, kind of going into the end of my senior year, um, I was in a relationship, and, you know, we, we were doing really well, um, you know, her family really loved me, uh, at one point I got her up, uh, I almost, I almost engaged to her, or I almost proposed to her, I got her a promise ring, so I, you know, at that point, she was going off to college, I kind of, I kind of saw the writing on the wall because I was staying near my mom. I was going to like a community college at the time. I kind of saw the writing on the wall, um, but I didn't want to believe it. And another mistake I made was kind of latching on to her to the point where we were together 24-7. I mean, every single second we were together, which is not the best because, you know, you I feel like you need to learn how to give each other space, which we never did. Um, but that relationship didn't end out, end out, end out well. Um, she broke up with me, she went to college, uh, you know, she broke up with me, she just couldn't, she couldn't do the long distance thing, which is understandable, you know, I don't have any bad blood with any, any relation, past relationships or anything like that, but that one really destroyed me just because, uh, you know, I didn't really know how to handle it again, the first time that it happened, I didn't know how to handle it, the second time, I really didn't know how to handle it, so, um, I got submitted that night for, for trying to take uh, sleeping pills to try to kill myself. So um, within a span of, of about two and a half years, I've already tried to commit suicide, you know, three times. That was my third, you know, the first one was a thought, the second one was an attempt, the third one was an attempt. Um, eventually, you know, I'm going to succeed in, in the task. So um, that one was definitely more serious not even just to to me to my mom to my mother um i got submitted into another facility for about i think four days and i got released and then um you know the biggest change in my life was was about a you know about two weeks after i left i went to a facility um for about a year so there's different stages of that facility you go from stage one to being you know isolated not even really isolated kind of like in like a confined space you only you can only go certain places um at certain times you know you have about three meetings a day to talk about you know mental illness um to talk about depression to talk about anything you need to talk about um i feel like that was probably the biggest you know change in my life the definitely the biggest turning point in my life because it it gave me you know time to think about myself think of myself as a person think of myself you know what kind of goals that I that I want to accomplish in life um, where I was at that moment where I want to go moving forward the right steps I, I want to take um, 
and I really took that I really took that submission seriously just because I didn't want to fall into that trap of you know every year I go back every year I go back every year every couple months I'm I'm trying to kill myself again because you know eventually I will succeed that's what I that's what I had implanted in my mind which is you know probably kind of like a blunt way to put it but it's true I mean you know eventually I was going to succeed um and you know there's other aspects of my life as far as like uh you know addiction and stuff like that along the lines of drugs um that's something I don't want to get into um as of yet just because you know that's not my main focus of the podcast but uh maybe I'll talk about that later in later episodes but um you know it's it got to a point where I just wanted to change myself so I just devoted myself to to each day I'm just you know I'm gonna get a little better um and and I would say for probably the first three probably the first three months I was in there it it was hell um you know there was a lot it was a lot of repetitive days of just talking about feelings talking about different you know my past situations what I could have done right what I did wrong um and I didn't really realize at the time how much I would use it in in my in my life today like even today um but the the people that were there at that facility really helped me out they really showed me a way of how I can look at life life in a positive way uh, which you know m- most people and most facilities all the facilities that I went to prior didn't really do shit for me you know they didn't really show me you know in in, in a situation what what was the right way to do it what was what what you did wrong um, it was more like, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just more of like, you know, they, they kept you there because they had to, because it, it was a state requirement. You had to at least be uh, hospitalized for 72 hours and then you'd be reevaluated. And it was just like a revolving door there. People were going in, you know, constantly every three days because they have to keep up with the demand, I guess. I'm, I'm not too sure what, what goes on behind the scenes, you know, with the state-owned or state-run facilities. But um, this facility that I was at, it, it really helped me out. Um, there's, there's, there's two different stages. So there was the isolation period, which was, it took me about a month to get out of that, um, that period. And then you move across the street, which it, there's like two separate sides to it. Um, you would move across the street and you would basically be sharing an apartment with, with, oh, probably like four or five other people um that really taught me how to just become an adult you know it taught me how to how to have responsibilities um it taught me how to 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 clean my dishes how to how to you know clean the apartment how to do all that kind of stuff which was definitely good for me along the lines of now I mean most 20 year olds are going to college you know I'm I'm paying for my own bills I'm going to to work every day which is you know it's it's a blessing and a curse just because you know a part of me feels like hey you know you kind of got your you're still kind of getting your teenage life um or like young adult life taken away from you but you know another part of me is just saying hey you know i mean kind of take it as you know you're just excelling you know quicker and you're trying to excel quicker and just you know trying to become a better version adult um each day and day out I make a you know the thing about me is I make a lot of mistakes that every human does but uh what you do with those mistakes past you know the point 
of a mistake is definitely key, at least for me, um, as well as just having a positive mindset every day definitely helps me out a lot. Um, but, you know, I've taken up a lot of time. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. And, you know, I'll see you guys next time. Thank you. Peace.